Well, welcome to the Water Cooler, everybody. I'm David Brody. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Thanks for joining us. It's Monday, November 30th, 2020. And guess what? The Trump legal team is in Arizona today making their voter fraud case to Republicans in the state legislature. And good luck trying to find the actual news on any of this and any of the mainstream big media networks. They're not covering, folks. In their world, it's like it never happened. And yet it did. So forget the Great Depression. That, by the way, is the Great Suppression. More on that in a moment. And President Trump is tenaciously tweeting. Try saying that five times fast. He's taking aim at Georgia's Republican governor and I guess former friend now, Brian Kemp. This is what he says. Why won't Governor Brian Kemp, the hapless governor of Georgia, use his emergency powers, which can be easily done, to overrule his obstinate secretary of state and do a match of signatures on envelopes? It will be a gold mine of fraud, and we will win easily, or we will easily win the state. We're going to have lots more on that in a moment. And later, truckers for Trump, thousands of them are angry about the election and will be stopping their wheels and deliveries this month. We're going to talk to one of them on the big show today. First, though, we head to Arizona, where Rudy Giuliani and Jenna Ellis from the Trump legal team are making the case to Republicans in the state legislature that they must stand up to massive election voter fraud and do the right and brave thing. I'm going to ask you to try to implore the other members of your legislature to stand up to this. Do not be bullied. Do not be frightened. Your political career is worth losing if you can save the right to vote in America. In fact, I may get you a... The Constitution of the United States says that you, the legislature of Arizona, have the plenary power to regulate the selection of electors in a presidential election. I missed that all on CNN today, by the way. While events play out in Arizona, Georgia, getting more interesting and messy also by the day, more new developments down there, including some good news for the Trump campaign. A U.S. district judge is temporarily stopping plans to wipe or reset voting machines used in three counties in the state. Of course, the national media networks just won't give any of this oxygen, but we will here at the water cooler because, wait for it, it's news. So joining us now in an exclusive is one of the plaintiffs from the recently filed Sidney Powell lawsuit down in Georgia. Vicki Consiglio is with us. Uh, she's not only a plaintiff in the case, as you see there, she's also one of the Republican electors in Georgia. Vicki, really appreciate you being here. My pleasure. Well, first, tell us about your role in the current lawsuit and what disturbing evidence has come to your attention through all of this. Uh, so I uh, was... Um, asked to be as an elector, uh, a plaintiff. And the reason I decided to do the sign on as a plaintiff is because everyone kept asking Sidney Powell for the evidence. Where's the evidence that you have? And I felt like that the evidence would come out in a trial, in a lawsuit. That's where the evidence is going to be presented. And so I wanted to sign on so that this lawsuit could go forward so the evidence could be presented uh, in the state of Georgia. Right. And tell me a little bit about some of the evidence, because I know we've been discussing some some of that evidence over the last 24 hours uh, off camera. What can you tell us here? Because you've sent some stuff to us, if, if I'm not mistaken. You've got some specific vote total discrepancies in terms of what was printed out at the precinct level and what the secretary of state actually shows. So take us through a little bit. We're going to show you the printout uh, first. There's the printout. Tell us about what we're seeing here. This is, tell me more about it. 
you're seeing one race in a county um, for a county chair in one precinct. So this is a county chair's race on uh, the incumbent June Wood uh, with uh, against the Democrat Carlotta, Carlotta Harrell. And it shows June has 207 votes. Uh, Carlotta has 365 votes and there was a, a write-in for two votes with a total of 574. So this is the precinct printout day of election. If you went in to vote at that precinct, so that shows that 574 folks voted in that precinct on the day of uh, election. Okay, and then we're going to put up also what was shown, what, at the Secretary of State uh, online, what the, sa the same time, same date stamp, and, and show us what we have here, because the vote total is different, even though the printout said one thing. Right. So if you see um, the different precincts and you go down to the precinct where the total uh, of that tape was, was Lowe's precinct day of election. So now June Wood has 294 votes and Carlotta Harrell has 544 votes. So you could see the vote count has gone up mm -hmm. and everybody's wondering where those votes came from. So was it the machine uh, when it was uploaded, uh, gave those extra points mm -hmm. to each of the candidates? Uh, we don't know. Right. And, and so I'm, my understanding, though, the Secretary of State's office is saying there's nothing to see here. And you're saying, well, wait a minute. It looks like there's plenty to see here. Well, and that's the problem, because um, we were told that there were no irregularities in, in Georgia, that all the numbers matched. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with the machines. There's nothing wrong with the hand count. Everything was, you know. But when you looked at Floyd County, when you looked at Walton County, when you looked at Spalding County, when you looked at Henry County and Clayton County and Fulton County and Gwinnett County and DeKalb County, all these counties had problems. And they were being investigated. And and the Secretary of State's office says, hey, that's what we do. We investigate. But there were hundreds and hundreds of complaints, and they only have a few investigators to get to all of those. So they got to decide which ones are we going to get to. Fulton County obviously is uh, a plethora of information as far as disinformation and what's happening there. Um, ballots that are pristine, um, that look like they've never been folded. Um, that and and we're talking about hundreds of ballots um, that look like they were machine. Um, uh, bubbled in and not hand bubbled in. And most ballots are um, when they're put through the machines or they handled or when they're opened, um, you can tell there's, you know, use of those ballots. But when they're pristine, it kind of uh, makes you wonder. And so a good friend of mine um, had a, an affidavit um, that she presented to Lynn Wood about um, those pristine ballots. And I think I sent that to you guys also, her testimony. Yeah. Um, and so there's I, during the election, I kept getting emails and I kept getting um, text messages and um, messenger messages, you know, sending me information about everyone's experience at the polls and poll watchers and, and how what their experience was. And, and the problem, I think, in Georgia is that every single county does it differently. Uh, it, it's you hope that mm -hmm. each county supervisor is smart enough to to do their job. Um, to make sure that it's equitable um, for everyone. But the Secretary of State is the one who makes has to make sure that every single yeah. county does the right thing. Well, you know, and, and it's a mess down there for sure. And the Georgia Secretary of State saying that there are those uh, who are exploiting the emotions of many Trump supporters with uh, half-truths and misinformation. This is the Republican Georgia Secretary of State, Brian Kemp as well, certifying the results. Um, well, what's your message to the Secretary of State and the Republican governor down there? Well, 
they both are very good friends of mine and mm -hmm. I'm not going to throw them under the bus, but I think that what's happened in the state of Georgia, the integrity of the elections has been lost with, with the, the folks on the ground, the folks that are the citizens of the state. And I think they owe it to the citizens to, to come out and explain to us, uh, as well as those that, um, the elderly or folks that just say, I'm not going to vote anymore because if I do, it's not going to matter because it's going to be overturned by someone else's, we're going to be disenfranchised by someone else's uh, fraudulent vote or a vote that, that's not really supposed to count. The absentee ballots that were in, the signatures that weren't matched, um, at, you know, it, are there more absentee ballot envelopes or, or at ballots than they are envelopes, that kind of thing. I mean, those things have to be checked and they don't feel like that they were. And so if there's nothing wrong with the machines, let someone audit those machines. Let mm -hmm. someone go in and check them out. Why do we have to have a lawsuit to do that? But evidently we did. What's your big, what's your reaction to this judge who wants uh, good news? I mean, late last night, the judge, uh, the U.S. district judge saying they've got to halt some of this uh, wiping of the machines. What's your reaction to that? I'm 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 glad that he he sees the need um, um, for transparency on those machines. Let us let us audit the machines and check it out. If there's nothing to hide, then we, there's nothing to worry about. So I, and then somebody said to me, "Well, you know, what if this this lawsuit is you know it's no good or you know it's you know and it's an embarrassment?" I don't think so because that's how things come out. It's in lawsuits, and so you want the evidence to be out. And so who? What's there to hide? Let's just make sure the machines are working. Let's make sure that the votes didn't get flipped or didn't get left behind and all votes were counted, all legal votes were counted and all illegal votes not counted. That's right. what we want. We just, um, I think the citizens of the state of Georgia wants to make sure that the signatures match the registrations, um, that someone did check those. And we believe uh, that those didn't get checked. They, they couldn't have, there were too many. Yeah. And I think I did send you um, the rate where votes were uh, uh, tabulated, where in 2018, uh, like 3%, there you go, uh, of the rejection rate. And this was a governor's race. It wasn't even a presidential race. And we didn't have as many voters. But now in 2020, where we had thousands and thousands of absentee ballots mm -hmm. come in, and the rejection rate was less than 1%, that, it just it makes you wonder. So yeah. if there's nothing going on, what? Are, why are these numbers, you know, so out of whack? And, and basically, the response of the Secretary of State, and, you know, I'm going to give everybody the benefit of the doubt, all oh, these ballots were cured. That many ballots were cured that it made it? What about the ballots in 2018? Were they not cured? Mm -hmm. You just have to ask the questions. And so these are things that come out in the lawsuit. So it's not that I have disregard to the Secretary of State Raffensperger or uh, Governor Brian Kemp, because like I said, they're very good friends. I voted for both of them. Mm -hmm. I have high, res high yeah. highly respect for them. But the, the citizens of the state of Georgia need some answers to the questions that they have, sure. and I don't think they're getting the answers that they, that they want. Vicki Consiglio, really appreciate you being here. Uh, great. I'm glad you shed light on it, because the mainstream media network's just not, just not covering it in detail. They're not covering it at all, quite frankly. So I really appreciate right. you being here. Thanks, Vicki. Okay, thank you for having me. I appreciate all right, it. All right. That's uh, Vicki uh, Consiglio, a plaintiff of the lawsuit uh, down in Georgia. When we come back, Eric Metaxas, he's got a few things to say. Have you checked out his uh, Twitter feed? Wait till you hear what he has to say about election fraud. We're back in a moment. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home? isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? 
Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Election fraud. Someone needs to tell CNN and the big national media that there's a story out there. They have buried their heads in the collective sand, but one person who has not and is being bold all across the country is our next guest, Eric Metaxas, the host of the Eric Metaxas Show all across the country. Uh, Eric, great to see you again. Really appreciate you being here. Uh, It's an honor to be with you, an honor to get to talk to your audience. We are living in historic times. I got to be honest with you, David, I wish we were not, but we are. And we've got to step up and do what is right. And that's um, the challenge, as you mentioned, is right now, We are living uh, in a very bizarre reality where the media that we used to trust is refusing to cover not only the most important story of right now, but probably the most important story of our lifetimes. So it's a kind of collective madness. And there are a handful of people shouting, wake up, wake up. We can't miss this. And it's not, you know, CNN and the New York Times, which we would expect, but it is even folks like Fox News. They are refusing to cover the biggest story of our time. It is, again, it's a kind of a madness. You have to pinch yourself to say, it's not just me, is it? And you look at the evidence and you think, no, this is really happening. So that's where we are. Well, and it's news. I mean, let's just start there. I mean, you know, things are happening. For example, the Arizona hearing today with Giuliani and Jenna Ellis. I mean, it's, it's, it's a news event and it's just not being covered. Anyhow, I want to read you something you put on Twitter because you're, you're, you're just being bold day in and day out, actually hour in and hour out on Twitter. Let me read you this. So this is what you said. There's plenty of evidence for anyone wanting to look that Biden cheated. His gaslighting the country with this phony office of the president-elect is obscene. So I cannot accept him as my fellow American, much less as our president. What he has done is monstrous. Will we fight? I will. Can you expand on all of that, Eric? Yes, uh, I can and I will. Here's what I have to say. I came to the conclusion um, there, there are times when you cannot step away from something. There are people, and look, I used to be one of them. You go, look, this is not my thing. I don't need to get in, in on this. I don't, need, I don't need to say anything. Other people can do that. Right now, every single American, every single American who enjoys the extraordinary privileges we ex- that we enjoy in this country has a duty to the nation. And the duty is to ask the question, to demand that we answer the question, was there voter fraud in this election? I have become completely convinced that there was. Now, even if you're not convinced, I'm telling you, enough people that I know and respect are positive that there's enough evidence that we must get to the bottom of it. You can't shrug it off to go, no, everything was great. You are being willfully ignorant, but we live in a wicked world. Those of us who are Christians know that we live in a broken world. There is always evil in the world. So to pretend that that people are always going to do the right thing, right now, those of us who actually care about America, who care about freedom, and who care, by the way, about everyone in the world who is looking to America to hold up the torch of liberty, we have a solemn obligation. We can never, ever 
allow a president to be inaugurated when half of the country is convinced something shady went on. So right. at the very least, we need to look into that. But I have become convinced that this is this is real. Uh, it is so ugly. Most of us, let's be honest, just don't want to believe it. We just want to get, get on with our lives and look the other way and assume that somebody will take care of it. We are the ones who have to take care of it. People in Pennsylvania, people in Arizona must contact our state legislators, our state senators, must demand that they do the right thing, must demand it. It is scandalous to me. I was on the uh, on my program today with, with uh, Colonel uh, Doug Mastriano of Pennsylvania. He is a state senator there leading the charge. He said that there are 29 Republicans in the state Senate. Only nine will stand with him in the bill that he's put out where the legislature uh, would reassert their authority under the Constitution wow. to choose who elects the president. Nine out of 29 Republicans. So I'm saying that everyone in Pennsylvania, everyone in the country should get on the phone, should get on the internet, contact these state legislators and raise hell mm -hmm. and demand that they stop being cowards and do the right thing. I mean, yeah. it's, it's hard to believe we're here, uh, David, but we're here. Uh, talk to me. You know, I have so much to, I want to ask you on the state legislature, state legislature front, but but we'll have to save that for another day because there is some breaking news on that show during that conversation uh, with the colonel. Something interesting happened, and I want you to explain it, Eric. It, it, look, this was. I'm still trying to get over what happened. This is amazing. Uh, colonel uh, Mastriano, who's a state senator, he's a hero. Okay, now I do my program. Every day, it's the Eric Metaxas show. A lot of people are watching it on YouTube. It's a TV show kind of like this. And it's all across the country. And today I thought, wow, I get to talk to Senator Doug Mastriano. He is leading the charge in Pennsylvania. The guy is a hero. Mm -hmm. So we're just about to say go. And he says, oh, excuse me, I got to take this. It's the president. And he puts his phone on speakerphone and has a conversation with President Donald Trump. President Trump is calling him <laughs> to say, hey, how are things going in Pennsylvania? Now, first of all, the timing of this was hilarious. I said, I cannot believe I'm getting to listen to a phone call. The president of the United States, who is famous for this, right? This right. kind of person to person. So at the end of that call, Doug Mastriano says to him, uh, Mr. President, uh, I'm here with Eric Metaxas. Is there anything you want to say to his audience or something? And the president says, Oh, Eric, by the way, he's fantastic. He, like, you know, I'm not joking. I was not aware that he was aware of my program or anything like that. He says a few things, then he gets on my program. So I interviewed the president of the United States briefly on my program today. Obviously, people can see it at our YouTube channel, The Eric Metaxas Show. But I am still amazed by several things. Number one, that I spoke to the president on my radio program. Number two, that this president is working the phones. He is unlike anyone we have ever had in our lives. But I want to say the most important thing, Doug, even if you hate this president, you have an obligation as an American to find out what happened during this election. We cannot proceed. We cannot proceed with Biden being inaugurated, knowing what we know now, unless we can prove that it was not fraudulent. Yeah. We are we're at an impasse. Eric Metaxas, always great to speak to you. So glad you had that chance to speak with the president. Sounds like he's in good spirits. So I really appreciate your time, Eric. And I appreciate yours. God bless you. Anytime. All right. That's great. Eric Metaxas, uh, just uh, 
what's the word? Well, three words. That's right. Wealth of knowledge. That's that's what I'm getting. Wealth of knowledge. I'd like to know a little bit about wealth, but I have got nothing on wealth. Uh, but he's got a wealth of knowledge. Have I not said that now three times? All right. Uh, back in a moment with Scott Rasmussen talking about polling, president, the Republicans, approval rating. Back in a moment. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Uh, look, uh, one thing, and we've told you this throughout the show, which you're not going to see on uh, the mainstream media, the big networks, uh, any of this uh, hearing going on in Arizona in a hotel room. These are state legislators, Republican state legislators, uh, listening in and, and giving evidence and hearing testimony from folks that experienced election voter fraud in Arizona. Rudy Giuliani, Jenna Ellis, Trump's legal team out there uh, at the scene. And once again, you won't see any of this on the network. So guess what? We're going to bring it to you here. Here's some of what's been going on today. The voters that you said were coming in that were from out of town or they just moved there, whatever their reasoning was, did they have an Arizona ID with an address or anything to show you? Were they on the voter rolls or these? They were not on the voter rolls. They had out-of-state driver's licenses, but have a uh, either an electric bill or not, or some kind of a bill that they showed me on their phone showed me that they lived in this particular precinct. With that, I would call the, the recorder's office. And you would verify through them that they were indeed legal to vote. Right. And so then when I said, well, when did you move here? Well, I moved here on such and such a date. But you had to have registered, I think, in Arizona by the 15th. And then it was extended to the 22nd or the 23rd. So it was, it was just questionable that they were still allowed to vote, but sure. I had a longtime voter who wasn't allowed who wasn't to vote allowed. from another precinct, right. and yet someone could vote from another state. Right. Thank you. Senator Warren. Thank you, uh, ma'am. Um, when the, the votes that needed to be duplicated, the, the, the ones that needed to be corrected, when they went to the end of the room, did you notice anybody in there that was actually overseeing that correction, a Republican or a Democrat? No, as I mentioned before, that's the first room I went into, and he explained to me that he, this is the room where that would happen, but that um, I was not allowed to be in there. When you were in there before they sent you somewhere else, did yes. you see a Republican and a Democrat observe? No, he was, observe? Alone. He was no. He Only was one. one Do you know how he was registered? Do you know if he's a registered Republican or Democrat? I, I don't know, but I have an idea, but that would be okay. Well, bottom line is, we appreciate no speculation. Thank so once again, that's some uh, of what was going on out in Arizona today. The state legislature, now understand this is not an official uh, Arizona state legislature meeting, anything like that. This was in, done in a hotel ballroom, if you will. Rudy Giuliani, Jenna Ellis uh, out there, uh, and basically uh, trying to make the case to state legislature 
uh, state legislators, excuse me, uh, that they need to stand up and do the right thing. Well, what does that mean exactly? Well, what it means is going ahead and, in essence, uh, looking at assigning electors to vote for Trump, not for Biden in Arizona, because of the election fraud that's going uh, on out in the state. And this is, of course, what uh, Jenna Ellis and Rudy Giuliani are trying to do all across the country, uh, quite frankly. They're trying to do this in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, they're trying to do this out uh, potentially in Georgia, but definitely uh, in places, even in Michigan, potentially. Uh, and of course, we know uh, out there in Arizona as well. And, you know, for, for Jenna Ellis and Rudy Giuliani, this is an uphill fight for sure. Uh, but what's interesting and what's been frustrating for them, and I know for the Trump campaign, if you will, at this point, is that it's getting no media coverage, zero media coverage at all. Uh, as it relates to uh, some of what is being said. And, and the problem here is, is that this is news. Uh, what we just showed you, a few minutes of it, for example, is news. What we showed you at the top of the broadcast, uh, Rudy Giuliani talking to legislators, uh, is news. Uh, and the problem here with the media is that they are basically part of a great suppression, a great suppression of news here. It's not their job at all to decide whatsoever. It's not their job whatsoever to decide what is news and what is not. And we are understanding today as well, we should point this out, that Arizona has certified, the actual state of Arizona, officials there have certified Joe Biden as the winner there. So this is becoming an uphill battle for Giuliani, uh, for Jenna Ellis, and for all of the legal team there, because you have state after state uh, certifying the election results. Pennsylvania has done it. Georgia has done it. Now today, Arizona doing it as well. Uh, Wisconsin in the middle of a recount there. And so, uh, you know, it becomes problematic for, for both of them uh, as they make their way around the country trying to do this. But uh, the bottom line is, is that the, the media will not cover this. Uh, and the, my question simply is why? Why won't they cover uh, this, uh, this news? And there's a reason for it. Uh, they believe that they are the end-all, be-all of projections across America. In other words, once the Associated Press calls it or Fox News calls it or NBC News calls it, that's the end. Uh, that's the ballgame. That's how it's typically been. But they are giving no credence whatsoever uh, to any of the election fraud uh, that has taken place across this country, whether it be in Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan. I can go on and on. Uh, Wisconsin. And w remember, the, the mantra here at the beginning from the media was there is no fraud. There's no fraud at all. And now it's like, well, there's not enough fraud to overturn the election. Uh, and now all of a sudden we're finding out from what happened in Georgia today, Dominion Voting Systems down there, uh, a U.S. Circuit judge, a U.S. Circuit judge is saying, hold on, you can't wipe the slate clean on any of these Dominion Voting System uh, uh, machines down there. Uh, you're going to have to at least temporarily wait until there's a hearing on Friday. Has the mainstream media reported that at all? Why am I even calling them the mainstream media? They are a liberal media uh, bent in agenda journalism. There are not correspondents in this country anymore. There are correspondents in this country now. In other words, if you just look at what's happened over the weekend in the Washington Post and many other places, there are, there are actual news articles. These are not opinion articles. These are news articles, but inside the news articles, there is opinion. And all of the opinion, all of these news articles, if you will, talk about how Trump and his legal team have suffered defeat after defeat after defeat. Hold on for a second. 
There's a judge in Georgia we just talked about, gave Trump a legal victory. There's a judge in Pennsylvania that says, hold on for a moment. Maybe votes need to be uh, not counted uh, all after the uh, November 3rd um, uh, election. So there have been some victories, but the way the mainstream media explains it, there's been no victories whatsoever. So uh, there's a lot going on with that. We're going to bring it to you here on the water cooler. That's what we do. And once again, we're not here to say uh, if there's enough election fraud to overturn the election. Uh, There may be, uh, but that's not our job. But what our job is, what we're here to do specifically, is to bring you the events and let you decide for yourself. You're smart enough. You've got a brain. You can figure it out. And we're not going to do journalism on high. That's not what we do here. Back in a moment with Brandon King, a trucker for Trump who says, I'm stopping the wheels. I'm pretty frustrated. Thousands more too. Back in a moment. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. And welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. All right, uh, time now to get a little bit more information on what you may have heard, especially on social media. There, there's something called this truckers for Trump or trucker strike. There's, there, there, there are going to be truckers across the country stopping their wheels, basically, and saying, you know what, we're not going to deliver much anymore. As a matter of fact, you can see it there. Uh, that's on TikTok. And that's just one of many social media places where truckers across the country are saying, hey, we're fed up with how this election has gone. And we're pretty much tired of all of the shenanigans from an election fraud standpoint. And there's a lot more to it. I want to bring in Brandon King, uh, who's actually a truck driver uh, there from Lexington, Kentucky. He joins us uh, from his truck. Where else would he join us from? Uh, there on the uh, side of the road <laughs> in somewhere in Illinois. Hey, Brandon, thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, Brandon, tell me your story. Uh, t- tell me some of the frustration the truckers are feeling out there and, and, and what, what your story is specifically. I mean, you're driving now, but you're going to stop soon, I guess. Yeah, December 15th is the next shutdown that I plan on participating in. Uh, we're just fed up. We went through eight years of Barack Obama and the high fuel prices, um, all the regulations and everything that the truck drivers have to deal with. And we're not doing it no more. Yeah. And so then what happens at this point? Uh, in other words, you're, you and like how many uh, truckers out there? In other words, I'm hearing, well, let me just show you. The Ohio Star, for example, there's, a, there's an article out by the Ohio Star, and it actually says this. A trucker's plan stopped the wheels shutdown in protest of Joe Biden's plans for fracking, ban, Green New Deal. Uh, so, so tell me what you're hearing on the trucker circuit out there. How, how big could this be? Well, right now, we're real worried about the fuel prices. Um, the in the fracking could cost me my job altogether because I delivered all the mines in the U.S., Canada, and Alaska. So that's really going to affect me bad. The regulations are going to be implemented again. 
and uh, it's just going to make it harder for us to make a paycheck. Tell me a little bit about what you deliver, like what you're, what what you do, and how that'll be affected. You mentioned fracking. Uh, if Biden goes ahead with some of these uh, banned fracking plans, that'll affect you. What what are you doing specifically on some of your routes? Well, the fracking will end a lot of the mining, uh, especially your coal mining. Uh, I deliver the tires that go on the haul road trucks that haul all that out of the mine pit to be processed. So that. That will put me out of business. Yeah. And, and how often are you doing that? I mean, how often are you on the road? About two to three months at a time. You are. So you mentioned December 15th. Uh, my understanding with some of this trucker strike, if you will, if you call it that, uh, that it's not going to just be like for a day. It might be uh, two, three, four times a month or, or at least in December. What, what are you hearing? Like how often are they going to do this? From what I'm hearing and what I'm pushing for is at least two to three times a month until we get our voices heard. Now, President Trump had some truck drivers at the White House, and he had your local carriers like UPS, FedEx, uh, Yellow, which is great. They're all truck drivers. We all are. But they're not spending months away from the house. The ones that spend a lot of the time away are the ones that really feel the impact. Um, mm -hmm. This election was stolen from us, and we're also fed up with that as well. It, it happened right in front of us, and nobody's speaking out about it. Do you, let me ask you, Brandon, do you think that if the election was fair and square uh, and Trump had just lost, that the truckers wouldn't be revolting as much? Or, or Because I know it's also about fracking and Green New Deal and some of the stuff, but, but it seems like the, it's a bad taste in the mouth of truckers, and, and, and it's because of the way this thing went down of why truckers are, are revolting. If it was a fair and square election, absolutely. We would put our boots on, get back in the driver's seat, Nothing to be said. We wouldn't be happy about it, but we'd accept it. But all year last year, this year, they was talking about mail-in ballots and extending voting timelines and everything like that. Then you have judges that have no right to make legislature that's passing the extension time. Makes no sense. You've got that uh, Trump hat on, right? If you tilt down a little bit, you got there. It is. You got your Trump hat on. What's your message to the president? If the president could, uh, if you had a meeting with the president, what would what would you tell him right now? President Trump, us truck drivers support you, and we back you one hundred percent, and we're fighting with you. Curious, also, Brandon, how many truck drivers you think are taking part in this? Any sense to gauge it? What you're hearing? Are you hearing hundreds? Is it thousands? Is it more than that? It's thousands and it's Brandon, um, I was actually pretty impressed with how many drivers were willing to jump on board with it after they heard about it. So started off small and it's growing. Now we're in the tens of thousands. You broke up a little bit. Did you say you're in the tens of thousands now? Yes, sir. Wow. Uh, th that's uh, quite a few, obviously. Uh, let me ask you this. There's going to be a lot of conservatives that will say, hey, 
why don't you just not uh, service? <laughs> why don't you just not service some of the bigger cities? Maybe some of the liberal cities or the ones that uh, went for Biden or, or the ones that uh, had all of the voting fraud that was taking place, according to the Trump campaign. Why not just target them rather than potentially targeting other folks around the country? I mean, because it, it could could affect everybody here. It could. But to be select on select cities isn't really making a big impact. Uh, we need to get our voices heard. We have to make a stand and fight for America. You know, I wish a lot of these people would grow a backbone and do the same, you know, instead of roll over and accepting. Yeah, for sure. And my understanding, too, is that some of these truckers, I mean, we're talking about, I mean, it could be anything from you know, whatever, toilet paper to some things you need every day. I mean, it's not just your, your situation's fracking and, and tires to the mining industry, but it, it, you're talking about household products all over the country. Just think about it. Everything you have came by a truck. And I love the messages I get. Well, we have railroads. True. Yeah. But we, you have to have a way to get a railroad to the stores or distribution center. So, yeah, everybody says they have a solution yep. for truck drivers, but they don't. Brandon King, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Hey, thank you, sir. All right. We're back in a moment with the last sip. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Uh, Boy, time for the last sip. I just have a bottle of water today. This segment sponsored by Poland Spring. Just kidding. Okay. Uh, so here's the last tip today. It has to do with, I don't know how to even say it, uh, dogs and pet psychics. Uh, take a look at this uh, Daily Beast article. There it is. Joe Biden's dogs have told this pet psychic a lot more than their beloved master about and his future. Anyhow, uh, this is what this this is what happened. This is a British daytime TV show that brought this pet psychic on. Her name is Beth Lee uh, Crowther, and they showed her picture pictures of Biden's dogs, Champ and Major. And she goes on to say the very first thing she saw when she saw these dogs that they were both very excited about moving to the White House. Uh, They felt that Joe Biden bonded uh, to his dogs. And then the dogs apparently told this pet psychic that uh, Joe Biden's a special man and that Joe cannot function without them. And he talks to them. They're a huge part of his life. And oh, by the way, the dogs also told her that uh, Joe Biden's going to make a great president. So (laughs) there you go. Pet psychics and dogs. So we figured, hey, we're at the water cooler. It's the last sip. We do pretty much anything uh, in this segment. Uh, We decided, hey, you know what? Um, Madison, our producer, has a dog, Little Lady. And we wonder what Little Lady thought kind of from from a psychic standpoint. Have a look. Little Lady, quick question for you. What do you think about Donald Trump's chance of winning? Do you think he has a good chance of winning? Mm -hmm. Right. 
Well, let me ask you this. Do you sense a problem with what's going on with the whole Dominion voting software system and everything? Mm -hmm. Tell me how you really feel. Lele, last question for you. What is your biggest concern right now about our country? Amazing. Madison, a very sharp producer, and that is a hard-hitting interview with Little Lady. I, I love the way I say it, too, Little Lady, like I've had a little bit too much uh, and, and not pulling spring. If, if you know what I'm saying. Anyhow, uh, so little little lady uh, there with the psychic comments. You never know when you're going to hear from little lady here on the show because we do pretty much, like I said, anything here at the water cooler. And uh, you know, what are you going to do? Anyhow, uh, back in a moment. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. All right, what is the word of the year? That is the big question. I can tell you the word over Thanksgiving was Alka hyphen seltzer for me, but Sophie Mann is joining us. Hello, Sophie. Good to see Hi, you. Hi, David. Good to see you. What is, I mean, this is so much suspense. What are you, you're going to build up the suspense. I'm going to build up the suspense. There, word of the year, it's, it's a subjective category. Oh, so really your word of the year can be different than mine. Right. But there is an official selector, and those there are um, sources including Dictionary.com and Merriam-Webster, both of whom have chosen pandemic, pandemic as the word of the year for 2020. That's great. In a sense, not at all surprising. Yeah, not, um, not surprising at all. Now, they choose these words primarily based on how many people are looking up the word. Oh. So, I mean, at this point, everybody knows what a pandemic looks like, mm -hmm. what, what it is, how many people it impacts, and just sort of how devastating it can be. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, people have started searching words that sort of work in, in conjunction with pandemic, furlough, um, sort of various disease sort of words, epidemiology, things mm -hmm. of that nature. I mean, and it's... It's sort of a bummer, that which is maybe my word of 2020. What's that, bummer is your bummer? Bummer is yeah. your word. I think, I mean, we. there's a vibe that 2020 has sort of curated for all of us. And yeah. I, you know, it's like you can't be totally down in the dumps all the time. But I think bummer is one that we can we can kind of float out there every now and again. No, I would agree. I would go with the Yiddish verklempt. Verklempt. I mean, at times. I mean, wow. Well, thank you. Okay. Thank you. for our Yiddish audience. You know, I, I was... I was asking you about an English language word. If, oh, I'd known, I'm sorry. if I'd known we could go to different continents, different <laughs> regions, I might have selected differently. I'm going culturally on fine, the word. Fine, fine, yeah. clemp. So yeah, so so they they picked this based on what? Just you're saying algorithm things or whatever people are. Well, so uh, Merriam-Webster. I'm not exactly sure how they choose it. They're yeah. a little bit more Oxford English Dictionary official. Um, Dictionary.com. Picks it based on the number of people that look it up. So this this term has been searched uh, mm -hmm. more than one thousand percent its normal amount of searches mm -hmm. per month every month since March. Yeah. So pe no people want to know what a pandemic is, and I don't blame them for it. 
No, for sure. I don't blame, <laughs> I don't blame yeah. them at all. I mean, how do you not go with pandemic? Right. I mean, if you think, but though Trump was, was yeah. probably thinking yeah. maybe just Trump. Trump. For the word. That for the underdog. Un oh, I like that. For the underdog. Fraud. Word, fraud. Fraud would be a word. Election integrity. We'll yeah. see. But you're going with bummer. I'm going with bummer. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> man's word of the year, year is bummer. Thanks, folks. Uh, that does it for us. Kelly Ward, GOP Arizona, on the show tomorrow. See you then.